Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Again today, hope you're doing well. Hey, John and Barry, I am doing well. I hope you guys are uh, also. Yeah, doing great, Rodney, uh, no doubt. Um, first of all, let's just talk about you've seen your feelings, your reaction to the hiring of Kalen DeBoer, the staff he's putting together, and, and, and what's going on presently with the football program. Well, I mean, I thought, uh, first of all, if you want to go back a ways, I don't even remember what we talked about last <laughs> Thursday. But, uh, you know, um, uh, we all started hearing this about Nick Saban a while back. I mean, you know, it happens every year, but this year was a little different. You know, the, the talk never really went away. And, you know, I was told a few months ago, maybe late October or something, that, uh, you know, this was a little more serious in terms of Saban's future than what people were kind of thinking or what it had been in the past, the talk. And to keep an eye on Kalen DeBoer uh, from Washington, so I started kind of, you know, keeping up with him, watching him a little bit, learning more about him. And, I mean, he's got an incredible track record. I know you guys have kind of gone through that, I'm sure, uh, with the with record, you know, success and all of that. And, again, I, I understand, too, this is a different animal here in the SEC. But uh, I thought it was the best hire myself. I really did. I thought you could lay out every single candidate, you know, whether it was uh, him or Lanning or Mike Norvell or Kiffin or Sark, whoever, and you saw a question mark. I mean, there's none of them that don't have question marks. So, uh, but I looked at him and I thought, you know, here's a guy that uh, he's won everywhere he's been. He's coached nine years. He's seven of those nine years. He's won 11 or more games. Uh, he's a really uh, smart guy. He's, here's the thing too, John and Barry, and you guys understand this because you saw what happened when Coach Bryant was here. I mean, I hear, I heard, in fact, I heard one prominent coach say behind the scenes, I'm talking about a prominent college football, head football coach, say behind the scenes, there's no way he would have followed, followed Nick Saban. No way he would follow yeah. Nick Saban. Is that the kind of guy you really want? I mean, so I think DeBoer, is, is, he's not intimidated. Uh, so I, I really like the hire. Rodney, your thoughts about the staff that he has put together to this point. Um, what are your feelings about that? <clears throat> well, his offensive staff has a lot of credentials. Uh, you know, now let's not forget, it needs to be emphasized that Ryan Grubb is offensive coordinator. Nick Saban tried to hire him a year ago, and Grubb decided to stay with DeBoer, who he'd who had been with for so many years. He decided to stay with him at Washington. So uh, you go back, if you want some kind of history of their track record, uh, when they took over at Washington in uh, 2022, was their first year. So they're there two years. They were 25-3. and three, But when they got there, the year before, they had averaged 323 yards a game. Grubb, uh, under Grubb, they, had, they went to 515 a game. They went from 21 points a game averaging to 39 points a game. They went to the number one passing offense in the country. They went from 225 yards passing to 369. I'm talking about one year, their first year. They were number one nationally in passing offense. This past year, they were number two. Uh, you want to look at some of their credentials in terms of head-to-head. 
you know, he's 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 gone against Lanning what three times I think it is, and he's three and zero. Yep. He's gone against Sark twice. And, and let, let me emphasize this. I, I assure you this: if you don't think Texas has a better roster overall than Washington, uh, I, I assure you that uh, <laughs> the Texas does. And yep. he beat Sark twice. He beat Sark in the biggest game Sark's ever really coached in, in terms of as a head coach in this last uh, playoff game. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think a lot of the credentials are there. I think the one question, John and Barry, and you guys uh, have probably heard this many times is, you know, is it the right fit? And, uh, you know, again, I understand the lack of familiarity, but I also think it's really important to look at this. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not going to be – he's not going to do everything like Nick Saban. He's going to have a little yep, bit of yep. a different recruiting philosophy. He's going to have some different philosophies. And I think that's the one thing that – and I'm going to go back to many years ago, 40 years ago, when Coach Bryant was in it. Ray Perkins didn't come in here with the same philosophies that Coach Bryant had. Things need to change a little bit. And and I think that's just like Bryant 40 years ago. He realized, hey, I can't make these changes. Nick Saban realized that there were some things going on in college football, uh, and he could not was, – was probably did not have the energy it took – to, to make some changes that he needed to make philosophically and on his staff, uh, some things that he needed to do. So some things need to change. And I think Alabama fans need to sit back, allow um, DeBoer to do his thing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to get into that <clears throat> just a, a, a minute here with you because I think you're dead on there. I did have a text that wanted me to remind everybody he's also 2-0 and against Lincoln Riley. Uh, from Southern Cal. So 7-0 and against those big three, pretty impressive to say the least in Kalen uh, DeBoer. Uh, any uh, ideas of who might fill the vacant spots? Um, one name I heard that I thought was interesting but I hadn't heard it before is Ha Ha Clinton Dix being on DeBoer's staff. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, that name has certainly come up. Ha Ha's uh, obviously uh, to me. I mean, first of all, Haha is a really great person. Uh, you know, he's got he understands Alabama football. I think he relates extremely well to the players. He's been here in personnel development. You know, he's kind of been the guy that a lot of the players go to for advice. And uh, I, I, I think if if that's the direction he wanted to go on this uh, move that he has, uh, he's actually got two spots open right now. Uh, but if that's one of the moves he wanted to go to, I, I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. I mean, I think yep. Haha would be a great candidate. You know, and there's also been some talk about Jamie Mosley. Of course, he was a walk-on here. C.J. Mosley's a younger brother. Yep. Uh, he's been kind of in a similar role there here at Alabama. So, you know, we'll see. Now, I, I don't know, John, if that's the uh, direction yep. he's seriously considering sure. or not. Certainly. You know, Rodney, I'm dead on with you. I, I thought that when Nick Saban steps down – a major factor is going to be NIL, transfers, bowl opt-outs. I could go on and on, but those are the three things that are so much different when Nick Saban got into coaching or when he agreed to come to Alabama 17 years ago. It is a different ball game. It's a different landscape completely, and I, I think that's why Nick Saban – elected to step down, just didn't, you know, there again, he'll be 73 in October uh, and just didn't want to deal with it. Uh, It it is a change. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, to me, that is the the major factor or reason 
for for uh, Nick Saban stepping down? Someone told me. Well, let me say this, and we may have hinted at this or, or mentioned this on one of the previous segments here since the Michigan game. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But there were players that were starters, okay? I, I heard of two players that were starters that actually before the Rose Bowl game had at least gone to one of the coaching staff members and maybe even to Saban himself and said, you know, they were being advised not to play in the game, okay? Because they were going to be guys that were possibly – had NFL futures uh, yeah. immediately. All right. Then I also was told, and again, I want to be clear. Uh, I trust the person who told me this, that Saban had interviewed 32 of his players. He he does that, you know, right after the season's sure. over. He brings players individually. I heard he interviewed 32 players, and not one of them asked about or mentioned, Coach, you know, we fell short. Uh, I'm disappointed in how we finished. Uh, my goal is to go out and, you know, next year and get some redemption. It was all about uh, how much NIL am I getting next year. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that probably was something that struck a chord with him. You take a kid like Isaiah Bond. Uh, he's gone to Texas for reportedly, from what I understand, about 750 grand. Uh, you know, here's the guy that was a, basically had etched his name. And, and uh, you know, uh, in Alabama football history, with the receipt made against Auburn down there, fourth and thirty-one, as they call it. Yep. And you know, I, he's lost all of that, but you know, he's getting seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to go to Texas. So, I mean, I think these are the kind of things. That, it's not just Alabama; it's, it's other, you know, uh, schools as well. Bottom line is, John, they've got to do something to get a grip on this. We've been talking about it, but I don't know what they're going to do to kind of it's got to be an even playing field for everyone. Sure, and certainly Alabama, Washington, Arizona are in a uh, unusual position because their coaches left, opened up that 30-day window. That roster can look around, but Alabama can't look around. Washington can't look around. Arizona can't look around. So they're at a disadvantage. But, Rodney, what I've been saying to my audience is be patient, tap the brakes. Any kind of change, there's going to be some – a little turmoil involved with that. But I think after spring practice, when that portal window opens again, I got to see Alabama on a feeding frenzy. I mean, they're going to be out trying to get every player that's looking to transfer to come to Tuscaloosa. Well, look, first of all, uh, John, uh, um, you know, the funny thing is, is the impression is that Alabama's down to about 50 players. Yeah. That's not the case. That is <laughs> no. not the case. I want to, I want to be very clear. Sure. I, I, I was told, I was told back in October that, that Saban, if he stayed, was going to clean out the bottom half of the roster anyway, mm-hmm. because, you know, numbers for one thing, and he was going to go get some of the better players in other programs. Uh, so this is a, this cleansing process or whatever you want to call it. I think of the guys, what is it, 25 or so that have hit the portal. There's a, you can probably count five or six, that, or maybe seven that you really would prefer to keep or like to keep at this point. Uh, so the point is whatever, guys that you consider, you know, strong contributors to your team now or maybe even in the future. So I don't think this cleansing process is something that was uh, not going to happen anyway. Uh, that, that's number one. And, and, and I do think that, as you mentioned, they've got a couple of guys coming in this weekend, in fact, mm. on visits 
uh, the center from Washington, who was an all-Pac-12 player as a freshman this year, and, and also a, a top-notch corner, Jabbar Muhammad, they're coming in for visits to Alabama. So Alabama's going to swing back. It, it's just, you know, he's been busy trying to get his staff together, uh, get organized. I mean, it's, it's been a whirlwind week for him as well. So I think there's a lot that he had to get done before he could start, you know, kind of going on the offensive. Yeah, there's no doubt this 30-day window is certainly, you know, not beneficial for Alabama. Um, but there again, I think that there, once spring practice, and that happens throughout the country, uh, I think things are going to kind of settle in a little bit. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen and kind of stabilize. So I know there's a little panic in the Alabama exactly. fan base, but uh, there again, I, I think just, you know, settle down. I think there again in the spring, and I think you make a great point. I mean, Nick Saban was going to clean some of this roster up anyway. Now, I don't think he would have been cleaning Isaiah Bond and Caleb Downs and people like that who really are the fans freaking out about. But in this day and age, Rodney, that's going to continue no matter what. I mean, with the NIL, the transfers, the money out there, and I've talked about it all week, and you've heard Greg Byrne talk about it, NIL is extremely important. And I know Greg Byrne, I know John Cohen at Auburn, they are doing all they can to get in front of as many people about NIL. I have talked to people that these people, that, that Cohen and Byrne have come to and laid it out and told them the importance and the dire need to be competitive with an NIL collective. They got to have it. They're, I don't want to say frantic, but they are, that is job number one is to get that NIL collective growing in, in as big as they can. Well, and, and let me say this too. We're, we're, you talk about players leaving, and you know, certainly you don't want to lose a Bond or Caden Proctor, <clears throat> but I named those two guys specifically because. This, this started way before Saban re- announced his retirement. Uh, it, when he came back from Michigan, I'm talking about a couple of days before, yep. you know, I, I had heard that a lot of people were on high alert about him, you know, stepping down, made a phone call on the inside, and they said, look, he's working like a madman to save players. Bond, Proctor were two of the ones that they mentioned. And, you know, one thing about Proctor is I was told, okay, he's homesick. I was offered him a big NIL to come back home. Uh it, Saban's doing everything he can to keep him. Uh, you know, Bond is Bond has got his eyes on Texas money. Uh, so all of those things started well before, uh, you know, DeBoer got here. Yeah, People sure. need to understand, you know, it's not like DeBoer came in and everybody said, oh, we're jumping ship. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's really point. important. But, it, but, you're, but, but you're right, too, John, about, you know, this NIL. That's why I think it's really important that uh, – you, you, you've got to come up with a plan, whoever it is, whatever group, committee, whatever they tr- decide to do, however they try, try to attack this, they've got to be able to do something that is, uh, I don't know if the NFL is a model, uh, you know, where, where you have uh, 
you know, they're, they're, in other words, you, you can't just go raid somebody every single year. You know, you, you take a Caleb Downs, for example. I mean, he comes here for one year, he earns second-team All-American honors, and everybody's offering him $2 million. Well, what if next year somebody offers him $5 million, he jumps somewhere else? I mean, there has to be some kind of – because this is just going to be totally out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lane Kiffin said it, what, year before, a couple of years ago, he said – if I, he said, if he was, um, you know, Bryce Young, he'd get in the portal every year. I mean, because yeah. oh, he would get yeah. all these offers, and you know. So I just think that you have to do something. That's not the way the NFL does it, uh, obviously. Uh, so, and I think there needs to, there has to be some kind of, some kind of rules in effect here. Rodney, do you ever envision? Um, and I, I don't know who would deal with it. I want to say the NCAA, but they don't seem to deal with much. Uh, is every anything ever? going to happen with tampering um where you know you can't have other schools uh, you know and, and technically i guess the other schools aren't doing it somehow some way they're getting into these kids ears but um do you think that'll ever be streamlined or there'll be some type of regulation of how you can actually go about doing this with with contacting players at other schools yeah, yeah. I mean, I said, you know, three or four years ago when we saw this all coming into effect, I said you're going to have to hire retention staff just to kind of keep your players. Yeah. Uh, and and I think right now is I, I got a call last Wednesday night from someone very close to some players, and they said, look, they're getting calls from Ohio State, from Georgia, from LSU, from USC, from Oklahoma, from Texas. I mean, just rattling off names of schools. And, you know, Saban had just been announced uh, two or three hours earlier. Yep. So, I mean, this it, it's kind of a feeding frenzy. But, John, we expected that. Right? Yep. I mean, we yep. expected – that's what I'm saying. Why are people on my board? <laughs> I, I'm not, not sure about your callers. Sure. But I see it on my board where people are surprised that there's a feeding frenzy right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, I'm I mean, getting it, Rodney. I hear you. This is the most significant transition, at least in this era of college football history. Probably ever. Uh, this is the most significant transition you're going to have, and you mentioned this. You're going to have some bumps in the road, and it's not really the bumps in the road, but how he kind of handles that, manages it, and gets out on the other end. Rodney, I got several other questions I'd love to pose to you. If you got a minute, can you mm-hmm. hang through the break so we sure. can come back and Absolutely. continue this for just a little bit longer? The Tider Insider, Rodney Orr, joining me here this month, uh, this uh, morning. I'm at the Montgomery Regional Airport, getting better the more you use it. Nonstop direct service to Atlanta, Charlotte, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Washington's Reagan National Airport, they make the, uh, where you can make connections to points all over the globe. Getting better the more you use it, the Montgomery Regional Airport. Back with more with the Tider Insider after this quick timeout. Sports Radio 740. Hey, you know, you need to have Dixie's number handy because it's cold out there and you want to make sure your heating system is working efficiently. If it's not, call Dixie.com. Go to call.com or dial up 262-2946. If your garage door won't close all the way, you want to close during these cold nights, Dixie can help you out with garage door repair and new installations. 262-2946. Any electrical or plumbing issues? Maybe you had some frozen pipes? Oh, I hope you didn't, but if you did... Call Dixie and it's done, 262-2946. Rodney Orr, the Tider Insider, joining us here a little bit longer today, brought to you exclusively by our friends at the Destin Connection Seafood Market. The freshest seafood direct from the Gulf is at the Destin Connection Seafood Market. Rodney, um, I know we I mentioned about some of the um, 
vacancies on the coaching staff. Uh, mentioned a ha ha Clinton Dix was just a name that I had heard. Wanted to run that by you, but I did have someone wanting uh, to get your thoughts about uh, Kane Womack, the former head coach at South Alabama, that's going to come up to run the uh, defense, be the, be, uh, the DC for Kalen DeBoer. Your thoughts about uh, Kane Womack or and anyone else on that defensive staff that maybe we uh, uh, omitted? Yeah, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I really honestly did not know a lot about him other than his dad, Dave, was a really good defensive coordinator. I think he worked for Hugh Freeze for a few years at Ole Miss. He did work for Hugh Freeze. Um, I know I spoke to a couple of people over there at Ole Miss. They really thought Dave was a, 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 a really outstanding coach. But I say that to say, you know, here's a young guy that's been in it all his life. I mean, he knows he's been around it. Uh, I think that's really valuable. Um, and then he's done a good job himself. He's fairly young. I think he's only 36, John. But he's done a nice job. I mean, he's done a really nice job. I think he has some really good credentials. I mean, obviously he hasn't had a, a much experience in terms of actually, you know, leading a defense in the SEC. I get that. Uh, but I do think that he sounds like he's got a, you know, really good track record. So thought that was good. I think the the addition of Mo Lindquist, uh you know, the coach at Buffalo, who's got a lot of experience. I mean, he was at Texas A&M. Um, he's been at Michigan. Uh, I think he was at Mississippi State a while. He, so he has SEC experience. Um, he's been with the, the Cowboys. Um, so he's had a pretty good track record. I know that he's considered an outstanding recruiter, uh, done a great job in terms of uh, coaching in the secondary as well. So I think that's those are two really good hires on the defensive side. I think obviously Roach is a holdover on the defensive mm. line, uh, and I think that I, I assume that they feel like you know it's valuable to have uh, him stay because of his you know understanding of Alabama number one, but also the SEC and what it is to to kind of coach in this uh, uh, conference. And then also Robert Gillespie you know, on the other side of the ball, the running backs coach is only holdover on that side. So. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's What Women Binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What Women Binge, wherever you listen. They do have a couple of holdovers, but I assume they'll hire one, at least one more defensive coach. Um, and and I, I, from what I understand, they generally have or he has had an outside linebackers coach, so I assume it would be somebody to coach that position uh, or, or what you would normally call an outside linebacker. Um, and then, you know, there's been some talk. Maybe he just has one guy devoted to special teams. Uh, but So I, I guess we'll just have to kind of kind of wait and see. Yeah. Um, exactly how he decides to put the staff together because you did mention haha Clinton Dix, which if they did that, you know, he would be a secondary guy and maybe Womack coaches linebackers. Rodney, what do you know, if if anything, about um, the individual that, that flew down from Seattle with Kalen DeBoer? I understand uh, general manager, if you will. probably Courtney Morgan. Yeah, in Tuscaloosa, it'll probably be, uh, you know, director of football operations or, or something like that. But everything I hear or read, he is an integral part of the success uh, at for Kalen DeBoer when he was at Washington, uh, has done some great things elsewhere. And he seems to be the guy that's kind of 
trying to hold things together in the early stages uh, of this new regime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John, don't don't forget this either. You know, he was at Michigan. That's his yep. alma mater, actually. Yep. And he helped them build. He helped Harbaugh lay the foundation for where they are, you know, today. Uh, so both of those teams that played in the the national championship game have Courtney Morgan's fingerprints on them. And this is what I was talking about earlier when I said, you know, DeBoer's not going to do things exactly the way Nick Saban is. It's not going to be. And this is what Alabama fans are probably going to have a real struggle with is. His, his recruiting philosophy is going to be different. It's not going to be all five stars. And, and the recruiting process, because of the portal, I think you do have to alter your, your kind of your mindset and your philosophy on recruiting now. Uh, so, but he's going to recruit guys. Morgan is a guy that believes in total evaluation, uh, thorough evaluation. Uh, he's not really worried about the star system at all. He's going to go out and recruit players that they feel like uh, fit their system, what they do, whether it's offense, defense, whatever, and they want the right fit. They want guys with the right, you know, kind of personality, mindset of what they do, and then then develop those guys. If they're a five star, great. If they're a three star, that's fine too. I mean, so I, I think that's kind of the philosophy that they'll follow. They're going to be looking for guys that fit whatever you know they do, whatever their game plan is. So, uh, and that may be a little different. Again, I know Alabama fans are used to getting, you know, five, five stars every recruiting class, six, five stars, whatever. I think that could change a little bit. And I, I just, you know, I think you ought to allow this system to kind of play out. I, I, no doubt. Great way to put it, Rodney. You got to be patient. Tap the brakes. I mean, heck, it's, it's the middle of January. You know, I think you got to get through spring football, let that portal window open, that transfer window open up after spring practice, see how things shake out. And I think my prediction, Rodney, I think Bama fans are going to feel better. We're going to be having a different conversation in April and May than we're having right now. A conversation that I know you're probably having, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, and since we you've been on the air this morning, I can't tell you how many texts that I've gotten. Ask Rodney this. Ask Rodney this. People want to know your thoughts about Ryan Williams. Um, so, hey, what are your thoughts about Ryan Williams? <laughs> well, look, I, I mean, I, I, I look at this, and I, I don't know exactly what Ryan Williams is looking for. I mean, uh, so I can't really say, uh, is he looking for the Caleb Downs' biggest NIL deal? I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not judging Ryan Williams. I don't know what exactly he's looking for. I mean, that's hard for me to, to answer. So with that said, with that in mind, uh, I, I think if you just look at it from the outside and say, okay, what is maybe uh, would be in his best interest or – you look at Kalen DeBoer's offense and you throw for 369 yards a game. They threw for 430-something yards a game against Sark uh, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that lights up wide receivers' eyes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in the long run, in the long run, you're going to make a lot of money. Uh, you 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 have that kind of production and that kind of talent. Uh, your name is going to be. Uh, you won't have to worry about nil because it's going to come to you. Uh, and so I think as a guy like Ryan Williams, if if you're looking at this offense, you're looking at the quarterbacks they have, the quarterback room they have at Alabama. You know, and I'm talking about behind Milrow. You're talking about Ty Simpson. Great young prospect, Dylan Lonergan, great young prospect, Julian Sayan, great young prospect. These guys can throw the football. I think they're going to be great fits for what DeBoer does. So if you're a receiver, you're Ryan Williams, 
uh, you know, my eyes would light up. I don't know about yours, but mine would light up. And he's coming in this weekend. I know he was here, what, a couple of days uh, earlier this week? That's what I understand. That, yeah, I understand he was in Tuscaloosa earlier this week, yeah. You know, and look, I understand Auburn's in there, you know, very strongly as well. And I think Texas, obviously, has got a commitment from his quarterback, K.J. Lacey, and uh, they're supposed to get a visit. So I really don't know what he's going to end up doing, John. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, but but I'll say this, too. With that said, I assure you this. I don't think Kalen DeBoer is going to have any problems getting wide receivers. No, I don't either. I, I'm with you there uh, as well. I agree wholeheartedly. I, you mentioned I was going to ask you about him, Rodney. Julian saying, do you think Nick Saban sat down with him, got in touch with him, recruited him so hard out of California and told him, hey, Julian, I just want you to know I'm retiring? I don't know, but. You know, I was told beforehand that, you know, a lot of these guys were asking Saban about his future, and I think he uh, I think he probably took the only approach that you really could take, and, you know, he, he because maybe he wasn't fully decided. I, I don't know. I, I think he probably knew pretty much he was going for a while. But, uh, you know, um, this day and time, John, you have to protect your roster, right? I mean yep. – if if he if he would announce they wouldn't they might not have it, ten players <laughs> yeah. yeah so I think that yeah. that that went into the timing of it but Julian saying I mean again uh, uh, kind of like what I said about Ryan Williams your eyes have to light up you look at what Mike Michael Penix just did uh, you know he came from Indiana kind of an unknown I mean he you knew he had talent he transferred he was a three star quarterback he transfers to to Washington and he lit it up he was number two in the Heisman this year. Uh, you gotta, I mean, obviously, uh, but so I, I think if you're Julian Sane or any of those quarterbacks, it, you have to be really excited about maybe what your opportunities could be. Sure. I'm with you there. Uh, Rodney, I, you know, I could go on all day, but I know you're a busy man and I appreciate the extended time today. I know our listeners do as well. And a lot still going on, a lot happening. Certainly the basketball team undefeated in league play so far, heading to Knoxville on Saturday. That certainly should be a good one. And then, oh, there's a little game on Wednesday as well, I understand. Possibly two undefeated teams in the league could be squaring off at Coleman Coliseum between Auburn and Alabama. So that certainly should be fun. I know you're up of that. You're on top of the uh, recruiting, the portal, transfers. Kalen DeBoer putting his staff together. Folks need to get in touch with what you're doing there at Tider Insider. Let them know how they can uh, find everything that you do in terms of Alabama athletics. Right. Well, real quick, Alabama fans, listen out for the name Noah Carter. He originally signed with Washington back in December. These guys coming in this weekend for a visit. Incredible athlete, outside linebacker, could be a fantastic receiver as well. He's out of Peoria, Arizona. So he's coming in off visit. I just just marked that name down. Right. I think Alabama's got a great shot there. But it's tighterinsider.com. It's only $48 a year. You can get instant access with your credit card if you prefer. There is an address there to send a check. Gives you all our premium stuff. But also, you mentioned our community there, John, our all-sports forum. It's where it's, it's rocking and rolling. I'm telling you, Tighter Insider, it's a place to be. 
It certainly is, folks. I'm telling you, I'm on it all day long. It is my September since you were back in Texas, Rodney. Woo! I'm probably one of your oldest guys. Long time, long time. (laughs) You better believe it. Hey, man, thank you as always. Greatly appreciate it. Have a great week. We'll talk next Thursday. Appreciate it, John. Take care. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> in 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.